This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Momming today with Leslie Bruce, an effing awesome mom, and the author of the book titled Just That. You are a curse word, awesome mom. Leslie, you totally are. Um, you have this. So are you. You have this blog. Some, I don't know, debatable. Um, you have this blog, Unpacified, and I was just, I was just on it, and I have to say, I, I felt like I was an awesome mom because it's so inspiring. Um, I, I, I like how you, you talk to other moms out there, you know? You're like, it, it's okay to fail or or not do this perfectly. You're still good. Don't worry about it. That's kind of your message. Yeah, I think that there is a a culture of this perfectionism right now. But really, at the end of the day, I think we're all going to have amazing days. We're all going to have challenging days. And to be okay with both of them, to celebrate and, the, like, the winning moments where we're just crushing it. But then also to be okay that Sundays are just going to suck and you're still a good mom because you wake up with the intention of doing your best for your family, for your kids, for yourself. And that's okay. Um, maybe we constantly feel it's not okay because of the whole guilt factor. Um, and you actually, you put a quote on, on Unpacified that I loved and you say, I think that feeling of guilt is an awesome reminder of how much we care about our kids. Absolutely. I think that like embrace your guilt, right? Like, like live in it, enjoy it. Because if we didn't feel guilty, then I think that that says something worse than the guilt. If we didn't feel guilty about not being able to be present or not being able to always do pickup or making an organic lunch or whatever it is, if we all, if we never felt guilty for our shortcomings, then it would say that, you know, we, we, maybe we're not caring as much as we could, but I think most moms wake up, like I said, wake up with the intention of doing as much as they can for their kids and feeling guilty reminds them that they really love them a lot. At the same time, many of us are quick to mom shame one another. What do you right. think is, a, I'm going to call it a trend, and it's probably, um, you know, exacerbated because of social media where anybody has a voice to say anything. Um, and, and the bigger the celebrity or the bigger the presence you have on social, the more your mom shamed. What is the motive behind that? That's a great question, because I think the motive behind that is what we all need to be looking at. I think, well, first of all, I think you're right. Social media has exacerbated it. It's become sort of a breeding ground for this this mom shaming culture. And because we're, it's this culture of oversharing, over you know, when my sister had her son 13 years ago, if she you know, put, put like a lovey in his crib, the only person there to criticize would be like me or my mom. But if I posted it on social media, then I'm opening it up to everybody to kind of have opinions on it. Right. Yeah. Um, good, bad, ugly, somewhere in between. Uh, 
And it's a lot easier to do, like you said, behind that social media, the anonymous Twitter profile, the private Instagram account. And I think people are doing it, especially on social media, because they're seeing these sort of perfected images, right? They're seeing these unicorn moms who have these babies at six months old and they're sleeping perfectly through the night and the moms have their bodies back and are in their skinny jeans and they look like they're just, you know, crushing motherhood. And it's really easy to feel bad about yourself when you're seeing these incredible images. That is such, that's interesting. No, that that is really interesting. So you think because we're in this social world and we're seeing like perfection because, you know, it's photo shoots and everything looks exactly how how it should that we compare ourselves to that. And when we obviously fall short, come on now, um, it, it makes us lash out. I think so. I think that oftentimes when we're mom shaming, it says less about the other person, the person that we're shaming, and more about our own insecurities. Yeah. Um, I'm very, you know, and I think we're all guilty of this to some degree when I see, you know, a mom who is doing something really well or their kid is doing something really well that I'm struggling with. It is easier to come from a place of like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is wrong or, or, or maybe, you know, maybe she's, she's, sleep training because she doesn't want to coast, you know, whatever it is, you're mirroring, mirroring what is often your biggest struggle. I know that I'm guilty of it from time to time. And I really try to have that perspective and come from a place of compassion because man, when we feel that mom shaming, when we are on the receiving end of it, it is like a gut punch because what we're already are, it's already what we're feeling most sensitive about you know because we don't want to it's one thing to fail at something just for ourselves it's another thing to feel like we're failing for our children and when it comes from you know a random person on social media okay whatever but when the mom shaming comes from a friend or a loved one or a Mm mother-in-law that's a whole different story I like how do you how do you deal with that you know I I had an experience where I had a one of my close friends had said something about, uh, you know, loud enough for me to overhear about a, about her not, I went back to work when my daughter was about five months old and about how she didn't have children to have them raised by nannies. And I thought long and hard about it because I wasn't expecting it from her. And I said, you know, we, we had, we always respected each other's parenting choices and I didn't know how to receive this and I didn't know how to respond. And I wanted to blow up, right. I wanted to get really, you know, upset and explain to her, you know, maybe I'm in not in the financial situation or, or maybe it's part of my identity and I choose to go back to work, whatever my decision, you're not in my shoes. But I keep coming back to this thing where, you know, she had a career prior to having kids and maybe this is where her insecurity is. Maybe she, this is what she's feeling. Like, where's, you know, where did my career go? Where did my identity go? All of, you know, those things. And that's why she lashed out. And so I'm trying to come from a place of compassion and empathy. Right. And with our mother-in-laws, the same thing where it's like, they just want to play a few innings, but for most <laughs> of them, they hadn't, you know, they hadn't had a newborn in their house from anywhere between 25 to 45 years. And the game has changed a little bit. Yeah. So I try to let those things roll off my shoulders. Good for you. It's so funny. You, that was your example because I have like a, a group text with a lot of my friends. And right before this interview, I, I reached out as like, guys, Share your worst, like, mom shaming with me. And my one friend writes, somebody, I won't mention names, told me that children miss out when they are not with their mom and that I work only to have things that we want, not things that we need to live. 
It's like, so clearly the person who said that was trying to validate their decision that they weren't working anymore. anymore. A hundred percent, because I think that that's our biggest fear in parenthood is that the decision that we're making wasn't the right decision. Yeah. So we we say we chose to forfeit our career or part of our, our an important part of our life to stay at home with our kids. And what if we get to the end of the you know end of the road and we're like, well, I guess it, it didn't matter. Then what was that decision for? So I think you're right. People are trying to validate their own experience, but we have to remember that in each person's home, it's a different set of circumstances. Many roads lead to Rome, and like you can raise kids in a hundred different ways and still have them be incredible children. Like I say, I use the example of my sister who co-slept with her kids and I sleep trained with my kids and they're both, ha- they're all happy, healthy monsters that we love. <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter as long as you're giving, you know, love and support and, you know, occasionally feeding them. So Meghan Markle um, mm-hmm. was out with her baby recently, baby Archer, and she, I saw the picture. The way she was holding him was slightly awkward, but whatever. Um, yeah. The way she got ripped apart on social media for this, everything from, well, that's probably like the second time you held your baby because you have a nanny who does everything for you, to you're not cradling his head the right way, which she kind of was. And then they attacked her for the dress that she was wearing, saying she looked like she was in a potato sack. And I was just reading through some of these comments, and I was like, this poor woman, she's a brand new mother in the public eye. And everything from how she herself is dressed to how she's holding her baby is being judged. And, you know, she didn't share that picture on social media. That was the paparazzi. Right. Do you just constantly, like, not respond? Or do you go the, you know, the Christy Teigen method and you're, like, the protective mama bear and you snap back at anybody who attacks you? Right. I think, well, first and foremost, I think that I'm pretty sure the queen wouldn't let her snap back. But that I is do true. Think that if you, <laughs> I, I do think that, you know, for Meghan Markle, you know, she's, you know, a duchess. She's, she's sort of, it's the, she's got the, you know, the I married the prince story that every little girl fantasized about as a little girl. So I feel like uh, it's, she's a, a ripe target for a lot of people because she's living out most of people's childhood fantasies. Um, but I do think that with like Chrissy Teigen, I love and respect the fact that she snaps back and, but she also owns it. Like she'll post a picture of herself on social media and before the haters can come to her, she addresses it or she, you know, puts on herself in unflattering positions because she's really trying to like further this narrative of like, normalizing the crazy moments of motherhood um, and especially with new children, it's not, it's not pretty and you're going to mess up, especially as a first time mom, Meghan Markle is a first time mom and she has this baby and you're not going to nail it every second of every day. Yeah. You know, Pink made the decision because she said she was attacked for stuff. She didn't even think it was even possible to attack somebody on like normal mundane stuff. Like her toddler wasn't wearing a diaper in one of the pictures, like, who cares? They're at home. Um, that she doesn't post pictures of her children anymore, ever. And I, I wonder if that's the right strategy. I struggle with this because part of my, my motherhood brand is talking about my kids. And if I don't put them on social media and kind of show our life, um, I'm sort of my you know biggest hypocrite. Um, 
and I do struggle with that, but I also think that it is important, you know, talk, when we were talking about this culture of sort of perfectionism, it is important to like keep reminding women that we're not going to be, you know, perfect Stepford moms every minute of every day. And if we allow that to be the norm, then we're doing such a major disservice to especially those new mothers who, you know, don't have the support around them or the, the, the friendly voice around them to let them know that when they are, you know, when they're blowing it, which every mom will at some point, that it's okay and that they're not the worst mom in the world because I think that that feeling of failure can be really dangerous, especially for new moms who require sort of that in, inherent village of people to tell them that it's, that it's okay to have hard days. Um, and I think so I decide and I choose to put my kids on social media because of the people that respond to me that something I've said or done has really helped them and, and to help them along in their own motherhood journey. And I think that that outweighs the cons for me. Yeah, no, no, that's important. And I think one of the biggest struggles, particularly for new moms, is you're kind of given this foreign object, right? You know, okay, this is my mm-hmm. baby. And then they're like, oh, well, you have to breastfeed it. And if you don't breastfeed your baby, um, you're a bad mom. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it's not easy to breastfeed. It's physically difficult. It's uncomfortable. It's time-consuming. List all the reasons. Um, And then they feel tremendous guilt that they're having trouble Mm -hmm. with it. They're not sleeping. And, you know, then you have an older woman come around and say, oh, you're not breastfeeding your baby? Why are you using formula? Or or whatever the decision is. I breastfed all of my children. And it's like this poor mom, she's a wreck right now. Right. I think that breastfeeding... And how we choose to feed our kids is the worst of all mom shaming offenders because we're, I mean, I went to, I remember I went, I live in, uh, outside of Los Angeles and I went to a breastfeeding class where the woman there basically told this woman, this room of, you know, 30 expectant women that if their child gets some ailment at 90 years old, it's probably because they chose not to breastfeed or breastfeed. And I think that we, and, and statistics show that at least 30% of the women in that room weren't going to be able to, whether because of lack of supply or latch or maybe their babies in the NICU, whatever it is. And she's, she's already creating such an anxiety and the baby isn't even born yet. And when we can't, when moms struggle with breastfeeding, it is such, it's such a crushing feeling of failure because it's so early in this new motherhood journey. Their hormones are going crazy they just went through this tremendous like procedure where a human evacuated their body and now we're like telling them you have got to do this 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 and this and then the nurses in the hospital aren't helping and they're sort of propagating this fear and I think that all the stress that we put on women to tell them to breastfeed is actually backfiring it's becoming these it's becoming I think the the worst enemy for sort of these breastfeeding pushers because I, for my own experience with my daughter, I had to stop breastfeeding my daughter at eight weeks because I just had such a horrible experience. With my son, I breastfed for six months because I was, I supplemented early on when he wasn't getting enough and I had just a much more casual relationship with it because I realized that if I wasn't able to do it, it wasn't the end of the world. I know. I, I, um, and I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Okay. I was just going to say that I think that um, when, how we choose to feed our children is not up for public debate, period. And when somebody has the audacity to approach a new mother and 
criticize them for making what they feel is the best decision for them and for their child is, I, I, I think it's, I think it should be illegal. I think it's wildly cruel. It, it is cruel, especially when a mother just does something that might be normal to that woman and, and their family and someone else is judging it. Like taking a kid on the subway. Okay, that's your decision. You know the risks of a very young baby being out in public in a cramped space and you decided to do it. It's okay. <laughs> like life will go on. Right. Um, right. You know, even the way you face a, a, a baby in um, one of those carriers that you wear on your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen I've seen moms mom shamed about that just in my everyday life. And I find I tend to so I don't get mom shamed. I kind of own up to being a bad mom, if that makes sense. Like if I if I'm giving my Mm -hmm. kid a lollipop at the park or something as I'm giving it, I make sure I say pretty loudly, well, you're only getting this lollipop because whatever the reason just to kind of prevent someone from saying something to me or thinking something and like mentally mom shaming me. And in a sense, I'm almost mad at myself for doing that. It's like, I just want to like fend off the criticism, you know, where I should just own it. That's my decision. My daughter's getting a lollipop done. Right. And I think that's funny because I feel like what our, our own like Achilles heel is as mom isn't usually what we expect. And I feel like, you know, you with the lollipop when I was, I stopped breastfeeding my daughter I armored myself for that. I knew that there was going to be backlash or criticism. So, you know, like you, I would make a a, a comment beforehand or I would sort of, you know, give it a bit of a preamble. I think that the thing, the the mom shaming comments that really stick to our souls um, are the ones that we weren't expecting, are the insecurities that we we didn't know. Um, And it's, well, it's, it's, well, for me, it was the, the nanny comment that I got from my friend. I, I just wasn't expecting that. And um, I had thought about the fact that I was choosing to get a nanny, but I live, you know, it was, at the time I was living in, like you said, Los Angeles. And a lot of my colleagues, my friends, my peers were going back to work. Um, and so I guess I wasn't, that was, I wasn't ready for that particular comment, especially from that friend in that moment. And so that one was really cut me apart. But I also think it's the, it's the passive aggressive ones. It's the, the mom shaming moment said with a smile The you know, Oh, isn't he too big for that stroller? <laughs> um, like, why isn't your kid walking or, uh, you know, no thanks. My daughter doesn't eat processed foods or, Oh wow. He stays up late. Doesn't he? Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's those comments that are like, Oh, am I, am I a, my crap mom right now? Because I'm, doing something and you're passing this little bit of judgment with a smile those are the things that are often the worst because you don't feel you don't know that they're you don't even know that they're happening or that they are shaming you until after the fact my mother who i'm very close with mom shames me all the time about anything and everything like so my daughter's three and um, we have a pool and i encourage her to um dive off the diving board and swim to the other side and my mom thinks this is the craziest, dangerous thing in the world. And I'm like, no, mom. She is able to swim. And this is so I don't have to worry about her drowning. Um, so I'm always getting calls like, we sent out like a, a text message to our family. Like, look, Ray got from one side to the other. And of course, I'm right next to her, you know. And I get all these calls like, is this safe? Should you be doing this? Or, you know, if I, if I kind of tell her too much or use um, you know, maybe about topics that, she shouldn't necessarily know about. I get questions about that and told it's inappropriate. And, oh, the list goes on. And um, 
it's pretty incessant, actually. I, I kind of just block out my own mother with this stuff. I'm like, next topic, let's move on. But but it makes me think, because um, I think my mom did a good job raising three kids and working, um, that maybe I should listen. Like, there there has to be some truth to some of these comments that we take as mom shaming, if they're coming from someone we trust. Yes and no. I think that your mom is probably saying that because of her own fears that she has, right? You know, she's not, maybe she's not there to protect her. And I think that when we're, we're seeing something, the choice that we wouldn't have made, uh, that can spark some type of fear or insecurity. But I also think, you know, with my mom, I'm very close with my mom and she has, we grew up in the Midwest, and she has no qualms about telling me exactly what she thinks about things. And to this day, I'm 37 years old, and she scares the you-know-what out of me. Um, but when she likes to make a comment, I remind her that when I was born, she didn't have a car seat for me. Like, she held me or, like, put me in the passenger seat. because That's right. In, exactly. In the Midwest, in the early 80s, you didn't have to have a car seat. Yeah. Um, so, so I remind her things have changed a little bit. Um, especially with water safety, that's amazing that your daughter is swimming across the pool. And Thank as as you. Outside, like, Thank you. Like making a margarita and ignoring <laughs> her, then I think that that's actually perfect. Because now it's like you can rest a little bit easier. And I think teaching our children from an early age about certain subjects, doing certain things, treating them as individual people is actually what all the experts say is the best thing to do. I don't, you know, I don't always make the best decisions, but I, I try to, and I'm doing them with good intentions. And I think that you are too. And we just have to support other women in that just because it's not your decision. I don't, I believe that you are making what you believe is the best choice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, there, there are some misconceptions out there about motherhood. What do you think the biggest one is in your experience? That we can do it all. I knew you were going to say we that. We cannot do it all. I know. We totally can't. We try. We try, and that's, I think, another reason that this mom shaming sort of, and I, like you said, trend, I say epidemic because I mm. think that it is dangerous. I think that it is dangerous to put that on other women, um, especially with the, I mean, currently we're seeing this rise in uh, PMEDs, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, which is depression, anxiety, OCD, whatever it is. We're seeing it because of all the pressure we're putting on ourselves. And that's when I think it can go from just, you know, you can be feeling down to be feeling dangerous. And so I think we have to be really respectful of what women are going through. As in this moment, as women, we really have the world on our shoulders. We expect ourselves to be able to conquer it all, to balance it all. We want to be incredible for our kids, for ourselves, for our, our partners, for our careers, if we're choosing to work. And we're placing these unrealistic expectations on ourselves. So what's, and inevitably, we're going to fall short. What's the first thing that you personally or you think women personally kind of let go or, or give up as they try to get everything done? Like, what's the first thing to go? Ourselves. <laughs> ourselves. A hundred percent. And that is the worst because newborn care is mom care. I can't be a good mom to my kids unless I'm being good to myself. Uh, a healthy, happy mom means a healthy, happy family. But that's the first to go, always the first to go, because, you know, we're, we're, we become, through the span of, like, labor and delivery, we become the lowest member on our own totem pole. Um, and I, I can't even tell you the last time I was, you know, I blow-dried my hair. I think that we just, we, that's the sacrifice that we make. Um, I'm so glad you said that. So 
because of my job, I actually get to look nice every day. But if you catch me on Saturday or Sunday, it's a totally different story. And I say, oh, my, I don't know how any woman can get up, get two kids ready and themselves ready because it kind of takes longer. I'm I'm not naturally beautiful. I can't just roll out of bed and look good. (laughs) The first first thing to go is uh, my appearance. Um, You know, the manicures don't happen. The facials don't happen. And I try like on my to do list every day is usually something like yoga at three manicure and First thing to get crossed off the list, like with and without fail. But I do have to say one of the best inventions, well, I shouldn't call it an invention. The best trend right now for moms is sneakers. It is totally okay and fashionable to wear sneakers with everything. I mean, I yes, 100%. (laughs) I want to, like, thank all of those, you know, uh, those celeb moms, those Kardashians who are wearing sneakers with their dresses. Thank you so much for doing that. For the rest of us, you have saved my back in so many, in, you know, so many times. It's, it's, it's incredible. So sneakers and coffee and maybe a cocktail towards the end of the day and we're good. We're good to go. A hundred percent. And I also think like apps, right? Like I, being able to um, use apps for like grocery store delivery so I don't have to, you know, take the time to like put both of my kids in the car, do that. I try to really rely on technology for for the positive things that I can contribute to my life um, and then use those moments, you know, even like these workout apps now that you could do these amazing workouts at home. So you feel, you know, good about yourself. And a lot of women, cause I, I talk pretty openly about my re- well, feeling like I want to reclaim my pre baby body. And it obviously, <laughs> you know, you're, you're in a career where like you have to feel good about yourself and, you know, you need to be presented in a certain way. And being able to kind of take that time to get, you know, to feel like I like the way that I look in the mirror does so much for like my mental, my emotional, all of that. It's, it's, it's important to fill your cup in the way that's going to give you the most joy. And that sounds super lame and super trite, but no. you put on your life vest first. And, and by the way, you're talking of apps. I just want to point out that a lot of these apps that are making our lives easier are like invented by women and mothers who are trying to just solve a natural problem, you know, that they experience. And look, they're getting rich in the process. And I say kudos to them. A hundred percent. I think that um, being able, yeah, mom power right there, women power. I love it. And Leslie, before we go, just tell me a little bit more about this book, your new book. Yes. Thank you so much. So uh, you are a curse word. Awesome mom (laughs) is a, it's not a baby book. It's a mama book. It's a book for any woman who wants to be the best that she can for her child, but also is wondering sort of what happened to her life. Um, I think women who become mothers undergo the biggest, most like consequential transition they'll ever experience. It. And at some point, we just stopped preparing ourselves for it. Um, I think we plan for pregnancy and we plan for a new baby to join our family. Um but most of us don't plan for the new women we become. And I think it's a forever change and the biggest journey that we're going to set forth on. And it's wonderful and magical, but it's actually a total mind bender too. And um, I found myself personally lost in new motherhood and often, you know, wondering, like, am I tearing it all up? Can I just add something? So, Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, yeah. No, finish your thought. Finish, finish. I just, so my, the, my book discusses sort of everything from like postpartum aftermath, your mind, your body, your soul, and embracing your new identity. Um, 
and everything from mom guilt and mom shaming and mom tribes. And I think that, you know, motherhood is this beautiful thing, but it's not always pretty. And I want every mom to remember that you can have a hard day, like a really hard one, but still be an awesome mom. I just wanted to comment on one thing you said, the new women that we become. And, you know, this quest to, like, whatever, get your body back, it it doesn't really totally happen. It might look like it, but I, you know, my body is totally different, and I'm owning it. I I like that little extra skin I have on my belly and everything else Mm -hmm. because it's it's part of the journey. I have my kids. I have my kids to blame for that, and all good in the end, right? And you know what? And just like sneakers, I think one of the other best inventions that we have as new moms is the high-waisted denim trend. Oh, Thank mom jeans. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that I didn't have children when, like, those, like, you know, Frankie B hanging off your hips things were in trend. I'm very, very good with the high-waisted mom trend. I feel like we're soul sisters right now. I really do. 100%. 100%. Um, so excited for your new book. Leslie Bruce, thank you very much. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.